Service in the Army was a broadening experience. Webster was no exception. The soldiers met men they never would have known otherwise. Men from all over America. Men from different economic, social, and ethnic backgrounds. In the novels about the war, the typical squad is made up of a Jew from New York, an Indian from Montana, a Swede from Minnesota, a Pole from Chicago, a Cajun from New Orleans, and so on. At the beginning of the novel, they hate one another. The shared misery of training pulls them together, as does the common hatred of their drill instructors and junior officers. Combat strengthens the bond, to the point that they become a band of brothers, trusting and loving one another as they had never before trusted or loved anyone. And the truth is that this happened, in fact, before it was written up as fiction. In this case, at least art truly imitated life. Webster was a man of books and libraries, a reader and a writer, thrown into an intimate and life-dependent relationship with ill-educated hillbillies, southern farmers, coal miners, lumbermen, fishermen, and other typical paratrooper enlisted men. In short, with a group of men with whom he had nothing in common. He would not have particularly liked or disliked them in civilian life. He just would not have known them. Yet it was among this unlikely group of men that Webster found his closest friendships and enjoyed most thoroughly the sense of identification with others. He was wounded in Holland in October 1944. He rejoined his squad in January 1945, and later he recalled his feelings. It was good to be back with fellows I knew and could trust. Listening to the chatter, I felt warm and relaxed inside, like a lost child who has returned to a bright home full of love after wandering in a cold black forest. He went on. You felt like part of a big family. You are closer to these men than you will ever be to any civilians. Webster and his fellow squad members had developed a bond that is unique to combat infantrymen. Just as there is no human experience to equal that of combat, so there is no human relationship to equal that of comrades in arms. Their relationships are closer than those of brothers, different from those of lovers, stronger and deeper than those of friends. Philosopher J. Glenn Gray, himself a frontline soldier in World War II, got it exactly right in his classic work, The Warriors. Organization for a common and concrete goal in peacetime organizations does not evoke anything like the degree of comradeship commonly known in war. At its height, this sense of comradeship is an ecstasy. Men are truly comrades only when each is ready to give up his life for the other, without reflection and without thought of his personal loss.
Private Kurt Gobel of the 513th Parachute Infantry Regiment described his experience in words that Webster might have written. The three of us, Jake, Joe, and I, became an entity. There were many entities in our close-knit organizations, core elements within the families. This sharing evolved never to be relinquished, never to be repeated. It produced incredible results in combat. Men would literally insist on going hungry for one another, freezing for one another, dying for one another, and the squad would try to protect them or bail them out without the slightest regard to consequences, cussing them all the way from making it necessary. Such a rifle squad was a mystical concoction.